The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2. Hello and welcome to the Women's Football Podcast in partnership with Her Game 2. I'm Kay Holland and with me this week we have not one, not two, but three very special guests, all making their Women's Football Podcast debuts. First up, we have freelance sports journalist Ruby Malone. Also joining us today is journalist and podcaster Ron Walker. And last but not least, we have Danny Gonzalez, one of the founders of the brand new Fantasy Women's Super League. Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. Hiya. Hello. Hi, Kay. So uh, let's kick off, everyone. It's been a very busy weekend in the Women's Super League season. Lots and lots of drama. In the Friday night fixture between Man United and Arsenal, United thought they'd won it when French striker Melvin Mallard scored on her debut in the 81st minute. But there was a late twist as Chloe Lacasse fired into the top left corner to earn Arsenal a draw. So the result means United have four points from the first two games and Arsenal have ended their run of three straight defeats. Um, So let's go straight to you, Ruby. What did you make of the game? It was a, a really good game. I thought actually it was interesting after a lot of people were saying that Arsenal, they thought Arsenal played better and Arsenal were played very well. But actually I thought they definitely played better than against Liverpool. But I thought defensively they were really, really shoddy. Um, quite worrying. Um, I think they were, they were their defence was dodgy against Liverpool as well. Um, but obviously bringing uh, Kadina in and um, Illistet both in the new, obviously our, uh, um, Arsenal's new defenders. I thought it would, it might be, I don't know, something might have changed. It might look a little bit better, but actually, yeah, it was, it was quite worrying. Um, they were much better uh, on the attack than they were against Liverpool. So I guess that's where I, it's clear everyone thinks they were better than, than when they were against Liverpool, which they were. Uh, Pelova was brilliant. I thought she played more, kind of actually in a deeper role than what we've seen her play for Arsenal. Um, I thought she was great. Kim Little was great, again, in a different position, kind of more of a wide number 10. Um, and Russo as well was was great. She really grew into the game um, and I was really impressed with how she dealt with the booing because that was obviously big. It was massive for her coming back. Uh, yeah, so, but I thought uh, United, I think both teams just need to grow into, you know, their new players need to grow in. I think um, United, I, think, I thought uh, Jaysa was brilliant again, another real threat. Um, and as was Garcia uh, in the first half. But yeah, it, it was a really interesting game, a good matchup. I do think overall Arsenal probably deserve the draw. Yeah, you mentioned Russo there. She really was quite the pantomime villain, um, booed by her by the fans of her former club. Um, how do you think she did overall though, Ron? Um I thought she I thought she was good, but I think, you know, it's gonna be really about her um getting off the mark, I suppose, for Arsenal for, for Arsenal since since the move. But yeah, in terms of adding to the front three, I suppose this it was written in the stars that she was going to be coming back and making an impact but yeah she did do that but without um getting on the score sheet in the end but it's it wasn't it was never going to be easy even without that sort of reception coming back to her old club so soon after she left and you know with all the drama that she'd had uh, linking her with Arsenal basically all the way through 2023 so yeah I think in the circumstances it's probably not something she's ever had to deal with before so I think she dealt with it pretty well absolutely um and what do you think, Danny? Do you think Arsenal can push for the title as closely as they did last season? I'm not really sure. I think 
again, like uh, Ruby said, like defensively, especially even we're seeing like in the game, a lot of people are really putting their hopes in the Arsenal defence and it just, yeah, twice in a row just hasn't like returned. So I guess, yeah, like Ruby said, I guess we just kind of need to wait for people to like warm up into the game because right now it's not, I think a lot of people are being disappointed. Um, but yeah, let's see. You never know. Absolutely. Uh, well, let's let's go on to the early kickoff on Sunday. It's fair to say it was very, very eventful. Defending champions Chelsea scored deep into stoppage time to draw with Manchester City in the Women's Super League after two costly dismissals for the home side. And if you follow us on social media, we posted a video at the end and you can hear this. <laughs> So for a neutral, the game had absolutely everything. Um, but the referee, she came under fire from all corners uh, at the end of the game. What, what happened there? What do you guys think? I, I, I'm yet to see anyone. I might be I might be looking at the wrong places, but I'm yet to see anyone who looks at that uh, second yellow card for, for the for the um, time wasting before half time for Greenwood and can see where that's come from. And we see a lot of people saying, you know, referees don't play the game and that affects them. And I think that's sometimes a bit harsh because um, they, you know, they, they are in, in a lot of ways, like we saw in the Premier League last week, sort of bound by the laws of the game. But I think in something like that, you've just got to show a bit of a little, little bit of common sense. And you could see, she. it's not like she was time-wasting. I just don't think you could accuse her of that. She could have, for, for the free kick she was setting up for, she could have launched it long, um, thought better of it, and then just had an, and, and and then had another look and took it short. But it, you can tell when someone's time wasting. I mean, we've we've all seen enough football to to know when someone is, for want of a better word, almost play acting to make you know to stretch out a bit of time. But she just wasn't doing that. It's it's bizarre, and I'm not sure what was going on in the referee's head. And I mean, this is an experienced referee as well, isn't it? She refereed the FA Cup final last season. She's at the top of a game and. Uh, <laughs> it, it kind of set the tone for the rest of the game as well, though, didn't it? Absolutely. Um, Chelsea boss Emma Hayes, she said afterwards, the players know the rules now and that she was proud of her team and how they handled themselves on yellow cards. What, what do you make of her comments, Ruby? Yeah, I think that's uh, very interesting. Um, I think uh, she would definitely be saying different if it were if it happened to one of her players. Um, but I've got to say, I mean, she said she was proud of her players and their discipline. Now, on, understandably, I understand with with Lauren Hemp. I know a few, a lot of the Man City. I think there was something crazy like eleven yellow cards, and most of them went City players, and including Gareth Taylor on the sidelines. But um, I know that Lauren Hemp, her first yellow was for dissent as well. Um, and there was questions over, obviously, whether Gareth Taylor should have taken her off after that. But she was so good and she was doing so well defensively for City. Um, but on the side of being proud of your players, I've got to say, I think regardless of the kind of the yellow cards that were, I mean, I think a lot of them were crazy to be dished out. Um, but mm. obviously referees are, are kind of cranking down on dissent this season. But Gareth Taylor could be so proud of how his players reacted um, going down to 10 and then nine. And even bringing on the likes of Bunny Shaw, uh, when they were already down, I think they were down to ten players at that point, and really still going for the for the for the win and going for another goal. I was I thought it was incredible. I thought all of the players, the city players, can be really proud of themselves. Uh, so yeah, I think that's um, yeah, it's interesting Emma Hayes' comments, but 
No, I think you're right. Um, despite the dismissal, some really positive signs for, for City from that match. Um, elsewhere, Leicester beat Everton 1-0, courtesy of Elena Peterman's strike, which means that the Foxes have now won three matches in a row for the very first time, and they're sitting top of the table after two games. Uh, of course, it could have been very different had Everton's Belgian international Justine van Havermark scored a penalty in the first half. What do you think, um, Danny? Are we seeing a Leicester side this season that we won't have to look upon as relegation candidates? Um, I'm not really sure. I'm not as uh, experienced in the game as everyone else. But it is really, really exciting to see like a team that isn't you know, top four performs so well, especially like in terms of fantasy, it, you know, it's really exciting for us because it means people start to realize, oh, we can actually look at other teams that are bringing in points. And there's not just, you know, one Leicester player in the, like, in the top, like, uh, Lina Pediment's uh, score today. That's the thing with it. Uh, that's the thing that's really exciting is that now with more people, like, interested in the smaller teams, we're hoping it gives them more support and hopefully, like, lets them be more successful throughout the season. Absolutely. Um, thanks, Danny. Elsewhere, Spurs secured their first victory as they cruised past newly promoted Bristol City to record a 3-1 win. Ron, um, I think you've got some input to share with us about this match. Yeah, I think I think from a Bristol City perspective, uh, this, this is sort of the club that I've, I've grown up following and, and covered their game against Leicester last weekend as well. And I think... This was not so much a free hit, but I don't think that too many people have expected uh, Bristol City to come away with anything from this. Apart, apart from anything else, you look at the way that Tottenham played when they when they played Chelsea last weekend. Um, you've got Jan um, Villaham saying all the right things, said that he wanted Tottenham to be playing the, the Tottenham way um, before that game. And, you know, narrowly beaten at Stamford Bridge that that weekend. So I think, I mean, obviously it's great for him to be able to, to get off the, the mark and uh, with a with a pretty emphatic victory, but I'm not sure that you know there was anything too out of the ordinary not to not to sort of play it down. But it it um, I don't think these are the games that are going to keep Bristol City up, or if they can do. Um, and right. seemingly, perhaps last weekend against Leicester wasn't after the result against Everton that they got this weekend. But yeah, I think for Spurs, um, you know, they they it's 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 just always good to get off the mark, and and they've done it in in pretty solid style. So. Bigger tests to come, but certainly um, I think probably as much as they would have hoped for from the first two games, given the opposition they were facing. That makes sense. Um, thanks, Ron. Meanwhile, over at the Broadfield Stadium, West Ham recorded an impressive 2-0 victory against Brighton. That was a first win as West Ham boss for Rehan Skinner. So the monkey off her back, perhaps, um, following a run of successive defeats dating back to last season when she was at Spurs. And finally, in the late kickoff from the weekend, Liverpool's impressive start to the new season continues. They had a hard-fought win over Aston Villa. That's two wins for Liverpool, two defeats for Aston Villa. Um, you guys, I guess Ruby, Ron, Danny, Liverpool had another side who looked to improve this season. And they've what, what do you make of the signings they've made? Yeah, they're they're really amazing. Actually, it's interesting from talking about Arsenal earlier and saying that they, you know, their players really have to bed in and that the, especially the back, uh, you know, Kadena and Illestead talking about them kind of have, I mean, the difference with Liverpool, uh, Grace Fisk and um, Grace Fisk and uh, Jenna Clark, sorry, they, 
I mean, the difference of them too, how they've just bedded in straight away. They're just both absolutely brilliant. I mean, Jenna Clark was incredible today. And again, she was incredible against Arsenal as well. Um, I just think Matt Beard is so underrated in so many ways as a manager. His tactics, the way he's he's managed to get those two brand new players in in a back three um, on either side of Gem of Honour and got them the three of them working the way they are within, um, you know, and I understand, I guess the difference is, is perhaps they, they weren't at the world cup, you know, so Liverpool have more time to get ready, but it's, it really is very impressive. And again, yeah, their attack was, was brilliant. Um, great to see Melissa Lolly back. Uh, it was really, really nice. She was obviously out since April with a hip injury and she did, had a, made an absolutely brilliant assist um, for, for the goal, for the second goal. So yeah, uh, again, Taylor Hens. Yeah, they're just Liverpool are really, really impressive. I've got to say, really, really, really nice to watch. For Villa, though, that's two defeats out of two. Should the alarm bells be ringing, Ron? Um, I think, I think yes, probably now they should. I think against Man United, obviously it was more difficult after the red card, but um, this is a kind of result that that yeah, I think they they have to sit up and take note of, especially given how well they played last season under Carl Ward. Um, but then again, you know. It'll probably become <laughs> it'll probably become more obvious later in the season, but I know that's not much of a great answer right now. But I mean, Liverpool team, you look at that Everton result. Sorry, the uh, Arsenal result last week, and you go, well, is that a bit of a is that a bit of a one off, a bit of a fluke? But they've backed it up now, and you know they they've got the new signings uh, as as mentioned, but they they've moved into the Melbourne training ground as well, haven't they? So I wonder how much that's that sort of level of professionalism going up from the resources that they're working with has helped them out. So, yeah, I think obviously there's serious questions from an Aston Villa perspective because um, they would have been targeting this as, as a win, especially having a tough opener against Man United last week. But, yeah, it's it's, it's still early days. Um, I think that it, Villa, I, I totally agree. I think it's a bit worrying, but I do think Liverpool made such a, you know, made the difference. I think they really kind of stopped Villa in all the areas that they're really good in. So I think, yeah, I think I wouldn't be too worried personally for Villa, for Villa fans. <laughs> Should see Villa pick up and because we, we did tip them originally to to push the for the top four. So long way to go still. Over to you, Danny. So You've joined us today and, of course, you've had this fantastic initiative for the Fantasy League, uh, which has been set up for this season. I heard that you'd had over 10,000 people sign up for it already. Is that right? Yeah, we're actually on the cusp of 15,000. So any day now, maybe tomorrow we'll hit that. Um, yeah, it's been very it's been a very exciting two weeks. <laughs> but what? in reality, we, ha we have actually been building this for over a year now. Um, Great. Tell, just... us, tell us a bit about the backstory of it and how you how you came up came to do it. Um, yeah, sure. So it's a bit of a long one, but um, I I've always been a bit football obsessed ever since a young girl. I moved here from South Africa about eight years ago, and I was so excited. I'm in the land of milk and honey for football, and um, I met my partner at a Czech startup, and he, despite like growing up like a stone's throw away from Manchester United gave no craps about football and I was just like how this is so crazy um until I got him into the FPL and he all of a sudden was so excited and he won the second time play uh, second time round and this is closely linked around the time when uh the Lionesses won the Euro and we got really into it and we were like great let's look at WSL and 
we were like, oh, there's there's not really a fantasy game at the same level. We knew how helpful it was of a tool, like for me to like get on top of like learning all the players, learning the clubs, the teams, everything. Same for him. And we were like, it would be so cool. If we had this game to basically teach ourselves like what's going on. Um, so we just started building it like really slowly. So it has been coming since like I think twenty uh, twenty twenty last year it feels so, so long but yeah so it's been coming since last year we did a whole like season last year had maybe about 150 people sign up so it was a great surprise <laughs> Seven thousands came um but that's essentially the whole the whole story like we we are just like two fans who generally like love the game and really wanted to learn ourselves and to also give like the platform for other people to learn and get involved and more engaged in in the the league as well how have you established, Danny, who gets the biggest ratings and who is the top point scorer so far? Um, yeah, so the points are very uh, similar to the FBL. So it's like for goals, what well, we have a very uh, basic point scoring for before right now. Um, it's basically just goals, um, yellow cards and red cards. Um, lose you points which is very uh, obviously a touchy subject this weekend um, and then things like clean sheets for your goal, uh, goalkeeper and defenders um, but we are actually we're working on an app at the moment and with that we will bring in some more exciting ways to earn and lose points uh, but for now that's the very basic yeah and if listeners want to get involved what's the best way to do so just head to fantasywsl.net sign up um yeah an app is coming soon hopefully within the next couple of weeks um but until then it's all online noted great fantastic well, all the best <laughs> with that danny we'll be following following the progress um back Thank to the you. women's super league as we mentioned we're only two games in but there's been a number of controversial refereeing flashpoints um do we think that we could soon see var technology brought into the english top flight what, what do you think Ron? Oh, that's the million dollar question. Um, I, I, I think it's it's inevitable at some point because the game's getting bigger, the money's getting bigger. You know, everything's getting more um, going the right way. I think you'd say because you know you've seen how things have happened since the new TV deal in the last couple of years. But with that comes the extra scrutiny and things like the refereeing decisions that were made today are so much bigger than they would have been a couple a few years ago. And I know that wouldn't really have been affected by VAR, but it's all in the same stratosphere, isn't it? So yeah, I think, you know, um it's in it's it's not just one of those things that exists in the Premier League, it's in leagues all around the world in the men's football. So I think that it's only a matter of time really and, and the more money that keeps going into the game, because obviously it's quite expensive to run um a, a whole VAR setup I think it's I think it's going to happen but I wonder it, it'd be interesting to see like what leads to it is it just going to be one of those things that happens gradually or is there going to be a few flashpoints of particularly bad decisions and then that kind of forces the FA's hand but I think one way or another it's definitely heading that way do you agree Ruby uh yeah I do I think first the main thing is to get a referees professional and full-time personally I think that should come before VAR um, but I also think we all know what's happening with VAR in the Premier League. So it makes me a bit wary. I don't know if I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't, I, well, I think it's a good thing if it's done well, but I don't think it's done well in the Premier League. So it'd be interesting. I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe the WSL will bring it in and do it well. And then, you know, we can, you know, because I think that, I, I honestly think a lot of women's football stuff is done 
we they almost learn because things come after and then they actually end up doing it better so who knows but um yeah it'll be interesting to see but yeah I definitely think refs professional first is the main thing for me watch this space uh, on to the championship next. Sheffield United paid tribute to midfielder Maddie Cusack in their first women's championship game since her death as they won 3-1 against London City Lionesses at Bramall Lane. Uh, the 27-year-old, who was the first player to reach 100 appearances for the team last season, passed in September and United players warmed up in black t-shirts with Cusack's photograph on. In other results, Blackburn Rovers lost the top spot after they were stung 4-0 at home by Crystal Palace and Southampton took the chance to go top of the table after their 2-0 victory at Watford. Also in the Championship, Durham and Sunderland both uh, got good draws away from home at Charlton and Birmingham respectively and Reading beat Lewis 1-0 thanks to a goal by Tia Prima. Moving on to the National League, the standout result in the North Division was Derby winning the East Midlands Derby as they won away at Nottingham Forest. In the South, the standout result was Hashtag United being beaten for the first time this season as they lost 2-1 at home to MK Dons. That means Rugby Borough go back top after a 3-1 win over Cheltenham. So looking at those results, uh, what do you make of the start to the championship this season? Yeah, I think the championship is so interesting this season. It's really, really exciting, um, as we've seen now. So the one point separates the top four, which is incredible. And Crystal Palace actually have a game in hand. Uh, so yeah, I think, and, and then them beating Blackburn 4-0, it's just, it's wide open. So I, I love it. I'm here for, I'm here for the um, any more competitiveness uh, is just great. So, yeah, love it. Much like the championship in the men's then, it's just a, a wild, unpredictable, unpredictable league. In other news, the first Women's Super League sticker collection is being launched in December. The FA has partnered with Italian sticker company Panini for the album with nearly 350 stickers. The new WSL sticker album will feature players and icons of the league and include 12 shinies, that's a special foil sticker, from all 12 teams in England's top flight. Anyone buying it? Ruby, re tempted. Yeah, I haven't done stickers for a long time, but this could be the way back. <laughs> it, it could bring, I remember doing that when I was a child, it could bring, the, could bring that pastime back. Uh, it's basically going to celebrate the women's domestic game. I think you can expect around 350 stickers. And that's a wrap for this week. A big thank you to our guests, Ruby, Ron and Danny, for joining us for this episode. Hopefully you'll come back and see us later on in the season. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast via all good podcasting platforms. And if you're on social media, why not give us a follow? We're on Twitter at TWFP1 and over on Instagram at the Women's Football Podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next week. The Women's Football Podcast, in partnership with Her Game 2.